section forty one of norway sweden denmark iceland and greenland and the search for the poles this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the world's story volume eight norway sweden denmark iceland greenland and the search for the poles edited by eva march tappan section forty one the crossing of the little belt sixteen fifty eight by z topelius in sixteen fifty eight sweden was at war with denmark the swedish king charles the tenth had captured a fortress on that point of denmark which is separated from the island of funen by the little belt count bertelskuld has been blamed by the king and to prove that good fortune still attends him he has declared that he will ride over the little belt though the ice has broken up and the channel is still open the editor count you speak boldly how will you prove your presumption of good fortune by riding first over the ice of the belt the king smiled and turned to wrangle that man is of the stock with which to thrash the Jutlanders. i need such men foolhardy fellow muttered wrangle well count Bertelskjold, continued the king i will believe you if to-morrow you ride across the belt and before night bring me a prisoner from funen it shall be done your majesty answered bertelskuld in short and measured tones and undisturbed by wrangle's sarcastic smile for nobody was ignorant of the fact that the ice of the eastern part of little belt had broken up and the bay near middlefart consequently rendered impassable but the king's mind was turned so longingly in that direction that everything which flattered his hopes was seized upon with the greatest eagerness perhaps there was also a certain similarity of temperament which moved him to listen to bertelskuld's boldness with secret pleasure at least it is certain that he himself like this spoiled favourite of fortune was fond of venturing everything on a single card to win or lose the review was ended the king rode away and the troops separated to their quarters to warm their stiffened limbs the barracks could not contain all at once fires were kindled in the fields and the canteen went its rounds amongst the soldiers who for the time could find no roof to cover their heads other soldiers came flocking thither finally they took possession of the church war and the cold season respected nothing the soldiers were seen lying with their bottles in the aisles of the church and around the altar and wild and ribald songs sounded within the walls which lately echoed to the tones of sacred hymns charles gustavus had his headquarters in the parsonage from the windows of which he had an open view over the coast and the ice beyond from time to time the king interrupted his deliberations with his officers went impatiently to the window and looked at the darkening surroundings where it was still possible to distinguish in the distance the blue open channel near the shore of funen the thermometer had not yet been invented but the cloudy sky and the appearance of the snow sufficiently indicated to him that the thaw still continued to mock his expectations suddenly the king broke off a conversation with dalberg and sent for baretta's girl count said he gruffly tell me frankly and without fear are you in league with the devil do not be afraid i will give you absolution i do not understand your majesty i wish to learn from you the art of riding across the open sea to middlefart 
nothing is easier will your majesty be pleased to cast a glance through the window the king looked out the sky lately covered with clouds had quickly cleared and everything betokened a severe cold which indeed came the same night charles gustavus clapped bertil's scold lightly upon the shoulder count said he the news is worth the parish in finland if you accomplish what you have undertaken it shall be done your majesty when on the following morning the sun rose over the leafless beaches of funen the entire little belt glittered with the lustre of new ice the swedes flocked to the shore to persuade themselves of the power of the winter night to build bridges and of the favour of fortune in building them at just the right moment the king was in a good humour all the three crowns of the north seemed to him to glitter in the horizon the cold continued to be extremely severe already in the morning the ice was strong enough to bear footmen toward night bertus curled began his bold attempt he laid aside his heavy armour and put on a light jacket instead of the large brown horse he generally rode he chose a small and lean but sinewy runner of the erland breed two attendants on skates followed him each pushing a sledge before him then the expedition set off in view of almost the entire swedish army at first where the ice was stronger bertus girled rode very slowly in order not to fatigue his small erlander but the nearer he approached to the more dangerous part of the belt the channel the more he increased his speed so that the attendants on their light skates had hard work to keep up with him nearer and nearer drew the snow-covered coast of funen the ice cracked and bent under the horse's feet again and again a hoof struck through the clear thin ice spattering the water high into the air but the audacious soldier dashed onward with quickened speed a moment more and bertus skirled stood safe on funen and at the same instant his horse fell never to rise again the sun went down frosty and yellow behind the coast of schleswig and the early winter twilight began to darken time was precious bertus skirled had landed near a village south of middlefart a crowd of danes men women and children had collected upon the beach curious to know what the adventurous writer had to tell probably they considered him a messenger from the swedish king no one divined the real cause of this unusual visit bertus girled looked behind him the attendants with the sledges were still a good distance away he approached the crowd inquiring here and there for the road to odense letting them understand that he was sent to make peace the news filled all with joy they crowded innocently around the stranger near the ice just then according to previous orders one of the attendants arrived left his sledge and an extra pair of skates which he had carried with him and immediately started on his return bertus girled inquired if it were possible to reach middlefart across the ice meanwhile fastening on the skates the peasants in their joy offered to lend him a horse in place of the one that had fallen everything seemed friendly and well then bertus girled suddenly seized a boy of five years around the waist threw him into the sledge pushed it out before him on the ice and hastened on his light skates with the speed of the wind away with his booty it was all done in a moment the peasants amazed and benumbed scarcely believed their own eyes before they heard the shrieks of the boy already far out on the ice a woman rushed forward she was the mother of the captured boy she tore her hair and was the first to leap after them on the ice she slipped fell rose again fell once more rose for the second time and leaped after the robber till she sank down fainting 
some young men followed her example in vain the robber was already out of sight in the increasing twilight and it was impossible to overtake him with rage and curses at the faithlessness of the swedes the pursuers returned with the unhappy mother meanwhile berthus curled with the boy in the sledge reached the opposite shore in safety the rays of the rising moon had favoured his perilous journey on the swedish side he was already given up as lost darker grew the twilight and darker grew the king he repented his foolhardiness he needed so urgently every brave arm and what was most important of all the whole army would foresee its own fate in berter's skirls whether success or defeat if the proposed expedition were attempted but berter's skirl came i have ridden across the belt your majesty although i have returned on my skates here is my living witness from funen and the captured boy was brought forward with his nose red from the cold and munching a piece of wheat bread which had been given him to stop his crying the king unfastened from his neck a gold chain to which was attached a medallion set with jewels and containing the portrait of queen christina general said he take this as a souvenir of your exploit hereafter you shall wear the escutcheon of funen in your coat of arms and hereafter the king added with proud confidence we will visit our brother frederick in copenhagen the morning of the twenty ninth of january dawned the cold was more severe than ever at daybreak the whole army was at the shore ready for the start the ice had been tested and found strong yet the cautious dalberg did not trust it fully on the places which were most dangerous by reason of the current he had spread straw poured upon it water which immediately froze and laid down planks the ever memorable expedition sung a hundred years later by gillenborg was begun the cavalry and the cannon started first from halse over the small isle of branser toward a bay on the coast of funen south of inverness then came the right wing under wrangle and tot next the left wing under the king and varennes the infantry marched north of the other forces it was a strange march over the wide blue ice silent earnest as if crossing an open grave when they approached the channel the troops dismounted and led their horses by the reins a little apart from each other but once past this dangerous spot they threw themselves into their saddles and rushed with loud cheers against the enemy waiting on the coast about four thousand danish soldiers fifteen hundred peasants at work sawing the ice and several thousand spectators stood upon the coast of funen praying fervently that the swedish army might sink like pharaoh of old into the depths of the sea but the swedes came safely over with their superior force a sharp attack of the mail-clad horsemen and the disheartened danish soldiers were overwhelmed and many of them taken prisoners charles gustavus who followed saw the contest but not the sudden victory of his men follow me he exclaimed and with his wing made a detour to the right in order to land at another point and attack the danes in the rear the whole wing rushed thither take care bertus girl cried dalberg to the general who with his left arm in a sling hurried by galloping at the head of his troops go slowly separate your men you are riding too close together but bertus girl was conscious only of the distant coast and of new exploits there under the eyes of the king with closed ranks the two foremost squadrons dashed forward over the channel when quickly the frail bridge cracked burst with a terrible report and the proud onrushing squadron sank so suddenly 
so unexpectedly amidst their cheers came their destruction that horses and men were seen only for a moment struggling with the rising waves before they were all carried away by the current and disappeared in the depths both squadrons were lost beyond rescue the carriages of the king and the french ambassador with their horses shared the fate of the horsemen charles gustavus saw his men perish before his eyes and he could not help them the crown of denmark beckoned again the king looked away from the open blue grave made his detour and reached land in safety with the rest of his wing here the battle was already ended funen was conquered zealand trembled and king frederick sent messenger after messenger to ask for peace for the old kingdom of denmark tottered under his feet but the swedish lion accomplished his leap dalberg strove zealously therefore though wrangle and the traitor corfitz Yulfeld, at that time cowardly were eager to oppose it after some uncertainty the king resolved to adopt dalberg's boldly laid plans the sixth of february before daybreak the cavalry moved forward from svenborg over the island tasinga to langeland it was a sad and gloomy march says Frixell. by the tramping of horses the snow on the ice was melted so that the way resembled an open stream through this the soldiers were obliged to wade in water almost a foot deep fearing every moment to feel the frail ice break under their feet some lost their way bewildered and disappeared in the depths but resistless as an avalanche the force swept on from langeland to laland from laland to falster from falster to zealand the faithless sea betrayed its own children the lovely danish islands and carried like another ulfeld the enemy willingly on its back the twelfth of february sixteen fifty eight the swedish army landed on the coast of zealand near vordingborg the heroic achievement was ready to be engraven forever in the memories of the centuries the peace at roskilde was its result schonen holland and blackinga its most precious gain end of section forty one this recording is in the public domain